Jot it down and blowst it, y'all. We're blowsting, we're posting, we're having a wonderful time. I have not yes. been on my verbal A game. I'm at a posting deficit, I think. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's the perfect time to fix that because you just joined Twitter for the very first time. Yeah, I did. I'm finally on Twitter. I'm at Punished Rachel K. Uh, I just saw a bunch of people with Punished in their names, and I figured that was the cool thing to do. I don't know exactly what's up with that. I'm just trying to follow Twitter trends. It seems like, though, the biggest trend on Twitter is to just be mean. <laughs> That's correct. I've seen that. Been observing that trend. I think there was, like, once upon a time, like a time when... Actually, no, Twitter's just always run on meanness and, and horribleness. Uh, the targets for the meanness and horribleness were openly marketing themselves for better jobs. And the leftists of Twitter thought that this was a chance to show off their superior intellect. So they all, and I'm making air quotes here, you can't really see what my hand's doing, but I'm making air quotes. They all dunked on these people. Um, and it was kind of a symbiotic relationship because the leftists got someone to feel morally superior to, and the centrists got to signal to higher ups that they were willing to say bullshit in exchange for money so what's happened now is all the people last year who were saying bullshit in exchange for money have all made their money they've all gotten promotions they've all you know got an ambassadorship or a new job on msnbc or you know joe tried to get them those things and they were just a little bit too rude and joe manchin was like the 50th vote and knocked them back down but now that those people have already gotten the jobs there are fewer people to dunk on and that's oh, kind by the of way yeah. Where did Nira Tandon end up? Just rich. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. She's rich and has lots of free time. That's where she's at. Did she, like, get a job in the Biden administration after all that, though? She, or? No, she's, uh, like no the, I, she's like the she's Mumford. She's senior advisor to the president. She's like the Mumford Sons guy. She said, I have to keep the ability to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she has some bullshit job. Like, she's a senior advisor to the president, comma domestic affairs or some nonsense that's just a job you can be appointed to by being loyal to the president it's the kind of job where you get a paycheck but it's actually still hard for you to call joe probably you know what i mean yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she actually wanted to reach him about something he'd be like come on nira i'm giving you the money what do you want <laughs> like I've already given you a job. Kid, what else do you what else do you want? I put yeah. I put two words originalists in your pocket, sent you off with a pat, and now you're coming back to me already? Gee Willikers. To be clear, the pat was on the ass. I do I do want to mention the senior advisor to the president has just the most beautiful lineup of ghouls you've ever seen. Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> Karl Rove, Jared Kushner. Oh, God, like They're yeah. just some of the worst people you've ever heard of that are senior advisors to the president. It's the worst person from every administration. It's like that's the only mm -hmm. job they can give them. Because they're not really good at anything other than being ghouls. So they just need like a ghoul next to the president to tell them to do ghoul things. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. they should just replace this. <laughs> they should replace this with a title that Americans can understand. I would like all the senior advisors to be renamed Chancellor. Now, in any yeah. movie yeah. where there's a Chancellor, you know that Chancellor is fucking up to some shit. So I would just like that role to just be as soon as you show up, they, they're like the Chancellor, and everyone goes, then the chan Chancellor. Right. Carl and everybody Rose. sort of knows that this person is just awful and a sycophant. Yeah. Or like czar. I feel like anytime we give a government official the title czar in the USA, we're just yeah. admitting this yeah. is corruption. <laughs> we gotta we gotta bring in more just parliamentary terms. 
But hey, listen, since since I'm new to Twitter, it sounds like you use Twitter to get this. And I'm just asking, what shitty opinions should I build my Twitter on? <laughs> so that I, too, can make lots of money as a lib. Because uh, I've decided, you know, really? we've been doing this for a couple years now. I'm not making enough money. I'm ready to sell out. So what is it exactly that I need to say? Can I talk shit about Medicare for all? Do I need well, to get really loud about force the vote? Like, what do I need to do? We have to determine, are you going full lib? Are you going to be more like rad lib? Or do you want to be even like, I'm kind of a leftist, maybe tee-hee about it? Because those are all options. Listen, I don't do anything halfway. If I'm selling out, I'm selling out as much as possible. So I don't really care. Whichever one will get me personally the most money. All you need to say is Joe Biden's getting stuff done. Just say that. All right. that every day. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, let me. Maybe try. I'll start posting like my president in all caps, Joe Biden. Mm. It's so funny how the how the job of all of the ghouls who used to on Twitter, who used to like every waking moment of their lives was spent in in Trump's uh, reply section, is now spent doing the same thing for Biden. But they can't even be like, "You sir are violating the norms." So they're just they're just going up to Biden's replies and be like, "Wow, this is great. Good job. Can I suck your dick, sir?" No, it's literally, it's literally professional grade simping. It's like yeah. great photos, sir. <laughs> like you know, like they could be posted. Like these are the photos. the fucking the you know the you know the pic you know the pictures and videos of Biden and and Harris walking down that same hallway that they post every week. I am watching you go down the hallway <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, those hallway pictures are exclusively for the fucking professional simps. Because I don't know about I don't know of anyone except like the most ardent. West Wing fan, which is who these people are, that would think that like seeing the president and vice president walk down a hallway a bunch of times would convince them that they're doing a good job at administrating. Can I give you, can I give you a completely different theory of how the hallway pictures came to life? Which oh, is, Joe Biden is super old and he does not give a shit about social media. If you've ever looked at any of his social media, it is extremely ghostwritten, extremely bland. It's, it's of no interest to anyone at all. Even Kamala has a little more character to her social media. So let's say that you That's are so a- That's so sad. Yeah. But let's say that you are a young grifter, uh, working your way up, hoping to become a senior advisor someday. You want to have, you want to be a social media coordinator, but Joe is not going to cooperate with you in any way because he doesn't know what Twitter is or give a shit about it. In fact, the entire administration is pretty openly disdainful of it. So how can you create social media content while being as unobtrusive as possible in a way that somebody who is web zero point minus, you know, minus 10, it's web minus same. 10, you say, just walk around the hall way we'll take a picture of you and we'll add some sort of getting to work you know some genericism and it is technically social media content that requires absolutely nothing from the principal joe doesn't have to write look talk or think in tweet format yeah well it's good because i'm pretty sure he can only actually do like one of those at all at a time especially yeah <laughs> that's the other thing i don't know if if joe's just writing statements all day and full of profound thoughts right now no. You know, as much as people talk shit about, like, the low hours Trump presidency, I don't think we have a high hours presidency going on right now. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. I want to I wanna propose. I want to propose something to you. If Pete Buttigieg were president right now, would the posts be better or better. worse? Better. Worse. First of all. Ooh, we like, got some divisiveness. I like, I, yeah, I want, let's have this debate.
Yeah, first of all, first of all, you know what you're doing with Joe Biden's posts 99.99% of the time. Fucking ignoring them. Just fucking not reading them, not looking at them, not seeing them. And Biden stands love the bland content. They're like, I love, I, I remember the days when they didn't put any salt in the potatoes. <laughs> you know, I remember when presidents had no charisma. That was the model that I grew up under, and I'm glad to be back there now. I remember when we were racist against the Italians. We gotta go back to that. We gotta go <laughs> back to a country when you could put three chickens in one pot and run over it with your Ford Model T. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? That's not like dunk material. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Because this content is so, like, boring, you can completely cut it out of your life and miss nothing. Pete Buttigieg's social media would be too bad to ignore. It would be too cringe to ignore. Imagine how, first of all, imagine how full of himself this person would be after being elected president off of the high hope if he did the high hopes dance mm. into the white house do you guys understand that would be amazing though okay no mm. hold on i have to stop you because i have to point out that when joe biden got elected our whole podcast got depressed because we oh, were yeah. like we were like there isn't there isn't enough funny stuff to talk about there isn't anything interesting to talk about this is just a depressing sad horrible situation that we're in with joe biden as president if pete was president and he was high hopes stancing on on twitter as president we would have so much to talk about every leftist podcast oh, would be in delight forget not pete's ham-fisted sense of irony the company was called shadow oh, yeah. y'all like the dunks write themselves with a guy like that no pete would have been so much better the dunks write themselves i mean the the thing about pete is that oh man I, I i'm just imagining like i have the lathe of heaven in my mind right now and it's coming to me a video of the g7 leaders all doing the high hopes dance oh my god really awkwardly and social distanced you are th and they're gonna think it listen in that universe <laughs> the dance was the key to everything <laughs> And every Democratic candidate from then on is going to make a dance. Get ready for 2024, folks. Oh, man. Imagine how smug. The, the smugness of the Pete followers after getting viciously dunked for that fucking dance. And by whatever means, this guy beats Bernie Sanders, wins at the convention. He's being cringe in his speech. By the, Like, you've got to think of just the cultural firmament of all of these posts. You guys are saying that you want it because you want the excitement. But yeah. if we lived in that alternate <laughs> universe of Pete triumphant, and I remember how upset all of you were when it looked like this this fella had a shot, y'all would not Whoa, be having no, fun. No, I predict. No, I, I'm gonna stop you again. I predicted even in that bonus episode we did. I said Pete might win Iowa, and y'all all dunked no. on me. And then I posted on Twitter, Pete's good. It's gonna be Pete barely winning over Bernie Sanders until the full results come out, or some bullshit like that. I knew. I, I always thought that Pete had a chance and I was never as mm. completely cynical about what that would be like because I knew it'd be funny. It's not just that the things he does would be funny. Like, I do want to see him at some presidential dinner completely dischastened again and, you know, not love his husband. But I also really want yeah. to see <laughs> all of the same kiss asses we were just talking about and the retails of the of the Twitter sphere still trying to kiss his ass. Like, I think that would be hilarious. Imagine the oh, kind of ass kissing they would have to do for that. Right? Like, haha, you did name the company Shadow. You're so clever.
Be imagine, mm. imagine, Brandon. Picture in your mind Brooklyn Dad Defiant defending Pete no. Buttigieg, and tell no. yourself that that's not hilarious. Okay, okay, I'm broadening it. I'm broadening it now. Out of all of the 2020 contenders, the Democratic primary, which would be which would produce the best posts and best is a catch all. I'm not talking about best as in like funniest. I'm talking about like in terms of dunks, in terms of it would be funny to see it defended. Who's the best candidate for posts? Who is the worst candidate? Obviously, like I feel like the best candidate for posts, you want to say Sanders. Because he's the only candidate I can think of who would just get cantankerous. Mm. Uh, and canta being cantankerous is off the table for basically every major candidate that Other I can Joe think Biden, of. Other than Joe Biden, who could also um, be cantankerous. Biden tried to fight a dude in the union. Like... <laughs> He doesn't dunk. He's not a poster. Yeah, yeah he's Consider not a poster. Marianne Williamson getting obsessed with posting pictures of birds, but on the POTUS account. I'm so into it. I Ooh. want this energy. This is why Marianne should have yeah. won. It really should. She'd call a press conference where she'd talk about her favorite birds. That's... <laughs> and honestly, it would That's be so weird. much less destructive <laughs> than the shit everybody else is doing. Yeah. Every every week she announces a new bird announces a new bird that like we're saving. It's like a new initiative yeah. every week. Yeah. This is the bird that we're saving this week. And here's the aircraft carrier we took apart to to save that bird. <laughs> she declines any questions that aren't bird related. So like the fucking Wapo pool reporter shoots her hand up. Um uh President Williamson, what do you think about hummingbirds? Love yes. them. Next question. All right, I'm starting to see where this is going and I like it. I think what we need to figure out is how I can use my brand new Twitter to become president. Ooh, oh. that's a long shot. That's a long time. Yeah. The very first thing you need to do, the very first thing you need to do is get a blue check mark by your name. Okay. And that's that's where the March for the Blue Check comes in. This is going to be a, a, an organizational project with no verifications, no vetting. Just have a march. We'll put it on the just list. Vibe. Okay. Okay. Just vibe. Just go out there. <laughs> Rachel, I'm going to confer to you divine advice. Here. And this has worked. People have gotten 100,000 followers on this. You need to post something that follows this template and post it like every day. Hi, my name is Rachel. I'm running against person. Person was endorsed by Trump. This is bad. Person wants to do X and Y bad things. Please donate to me. And then you're like in a you're like in an R plus 70 district. So no one's ever gonna no one's ever gonna actually worry about you having to govern. There's like the make sure you have a gun. You gotta have a gun oh, yeah. in your picture because that that means that uh, people people will uh, people will think you're you're like you know this reminds cool. me of my good friend Will Harris who actually ran in like a massively Republican district last election. I'd like to stop right there. Yeah, before <laughs> you get into that, are you a member of our armed forces? They wouldn't have me. I'm a genetic reject. Just steal valor. That's their next step. Steal valor. When you think about it. When you think about it, because yeah. there are poster wars, you know, the posters wars. If you've been in the posters yeah. wars, you are technically troops. You got a posters wars yeah. purple heart recently. Yeah, yeah. that's you true. You were falling in the line of duty. Damn, that's so true. I'm Rachel Khan. I'm a mom and a veteran. Posting wars. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. <laughs> See, the problem is I would be afraid to piss off our friends who are actually veterans. We all agreed that Amy McGrath's best campaign ad was the one where she was like, I was in the Air Force on 9-11. I would have shot down every passenger plane if, I, if, if it was ordered. Fuck yeah, make me in the Senate. <laughs> you gotta play into it.
So, Kennedy, you are also looking for a blue check. Have you thought about organizing, like, a national march uh, of, like, 50 people and know nothing about them and just see what comes up? Just vibe them. Just vibe. I'm already running the Kennedy for blue check campaign. Not us, me. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I'm not very active at running it because... I'm very selfish, obviously. That's the point of the campaign. And so uh, not much is getting done right now, but that's okay because all I have to do is keep insisting that I might run for office. And as I understand it, I will get clout this way. Right. We've seen some knuckleheads on Twitter, you know, just post every few months. Maybe I'm running for city council. Maybe I'm running for Congress. I don't know. Follow me because I might run. It's important. Yeah. yeah, I can do that, right? Remember the remember like the the gunman, and he's not a gunman, but like the only word I can use to describe him is gunman because a man he's a man <laughs> with a gun. Remember gun the man. guy who ran against Laura Bobert for like two months, got two hundred fifty thousand followers, and then fucked off. That's the game. Beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the dream. So I think the march for the blue check could really help with this, you know? Just marches in every city organized by anyone. And we just pretend it's a big deal because lots of people signed up. I'm just wondering, um, have we ever seen this strategy work? You know, like, has there been a case in, I don't know, let's say the last 10 years of politics where a group has successfully raised a lot of attention for something by letting literally anybody participate to their own uh, success or detriment? You know, it's interesting because the answer is kind of, okay. but there's always going to be limits to this stuff. And let's get into the actual meat of the Medicare for All March, because I want to be clear, I don't think these people were all bad. So like we're doing bits and dunking and I want to back off from that a little bit because I think that it was important. Like people kept telling a lot of some certain people involved, you know, people kept telling them, hey, you need to actually like do some organizing. And it was nice to see them actually try to take a step in that direction. Yeah, no, I think one of the most important things every single person who starts to organize learns is organizing sucks. It's a massive hassle and it goes wrong all the time because people are fucking unbelievable. Now, I think there is an insistence on certain people that have been involved with certain movements over the last like year-ish. Say force the vote. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. We're not a bunch of French <laughs> philosophers, Kennedy. Say and movement for a people's party, too. Yeah. Um, movement for a people's party as well. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, there were a number of people involved with that that were absolutely... Honestly, just pick a single out. campaign. Any, any campaign endorsed uh, by Ryan Knight, really. Oh, absolutely. What is Ryan Knight up to these days? He says, like, DSA isn't socialist enough. Yeah, he's become obsessed with PSL. Oh, well, that's what I was going to get to, is that all, all of these people that are in this no. camp... I was like, good for ASL that they finally got a big name to no, know who they no, are. No, no, no. Ryan's no. not in... Ryan is not in PSL. Well, no, they wouldn't have him. No. He doesn't have enough posting discipline. But it is... Right. He's been, like, mouthpiecing them. Right, because they're trying to smash the duopoly or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and he wants to smash the duopoly. But, like, he doesn't know anything about the internal workings of PSL. Absolutely not. Or he wouldn't. Anyway. Right. I don't think he knows the internal workings of anything. He does not know the internal. Right. But that's 
part of the thing. He doesn't, but I think that's like endemic to this whole thing. Like yeah. the entire, before we even get started, like we let's all rewind. Yeah. Because we talked that's about- That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> when we talk about this, people who are really passionate about this march are like, well, we're marching about Medicare and it's been five minutes and you guys aren't talking about how 68,000 people in America die without healthcare. So let's back up at a large scale. When we go into organizing projects and when we use organizing, just like you're poor and you have a limited amount of free time. And so like what you do, uh, you can either pick, you can either like have a new cause every week and work for it 80 hours a week until you like live in a box or you can ask yourself questions before you start political campaigns which are you know who's going to do it what is my goal what do things look like after i finish who am i pressuring do i have the means to actually put pressure on this person or am i hoping for am i making like gestures that are materially futile but that i think will rally a large base of people right to me like if my logic is 68,000 people are dying of a preventable cause in america 80 percent of people are in favor of a national system i should be able to hold rallies across the country with no vetting if that were the case if you throw a and you know rachel loves to talk about elected officials cast by lot if you were to throw lots into the american population and just pick someone at random to run your medicare march in each of these cities odds are that the person that you pick at random you know given that they had the free time and ability to put together like five people or you know to talk and like 30 people to stand around them that person totally makes sense mm -hmm. you know but if if it's the real world which is people who are like sus and weird are fringy or cringy or whatever the deal is those are the people that end up at your local marches if you are a person that is online asking someone to get involved with something offline you live in one city like you live in seattle you've got a follower in knoxville or whatever so you're talking about a national march who's running the march in knoxville is it someone who you've heard of is it like in this case you know the the infiltrator of the event was a was a local event holder in muncie indiana who turned out to be like a nazi and we'll talk about those details as we go on but just to give like the broad view if you're holding a quote-unquote national event with local offshoots who's at the locals are they nazis if they're not literally nazis are they turfs like are they some other form of you know not meeting our normal community standards i'm not saying that everybody's got to pass a full background check but we run a podcast and we haven't had any nazis as guests the idea that if you're holding an event uh that someone with views like that they'll just naturally come in the door uh -oh, is just fucking irresponsible and the fact that this problem which is like a pretty understandable problem solution set of hey we held local events with absolutely no vetting for who'd be locally deputized to be in charge of our name in local cities as we're trying to build and this is what's at the top of all of this a third party which is why it doesn't matter if the demands are reasonable your demand is joe biden give us medicare and at the end of it you say we marched and we didn't get it so it's time for a third party let's start canvassing and calling and all that other stuff so if your end goal is a third party and it doesn't really matter like what the specific ask is who is in charge of the message what are we hearing when we go to this thing we can all sit here and make 
Medicare for all fits into a tweet. But if you're going to a real event and holding up a sign, it's how long is it going to be? We're all marching. Is it half an hour? Is it an hour? Is it an hour and a half? And what am I hearing? At is it COVID safe? Yeah. What am I hearing at this rally? I know we're not just going to stand in a circle and hear the word Medicare, right? Right. Well, yeah. you know, Brandon, yeah. I think I'm going to do a thing you usually do because I think everybody's kind of on board on the same opinion here. And I'm going to I'm going to just do the Brandon devil's advocate thing. Uh, actually, I think it's a good thing they let the Nazi march. Uh, I think this is bottom unity. I think we should be encouraging Nazis at all of our marches uh, because, you know, this is how we unite the exclusively class based issues of the left. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exclu Let's just be clear, exclusively class-based issues that even if you believe that would not be solved by working with fascists, you fucking idiots. Well, <laughs> um, but, but, the, the, listen. The number one problem, the number one, because this, honestly, hey, you're trying to do something and you made a big fuck up. Right. There's been one person who made one speech and kind of acknowledged a fuck up. It has been paranoia, defensiveness, blame game, conspiracy theories from, from the people holding that march. Yeah, not a, hey, we fucked up. And the problem is they're all touchy because their mistake underlines a narrative of their critics. That is why they're all fucking, you know, their feelings about it because they have just- They got proven right. All of the people talking shit about yeah. them were proven right. And I think that's true, right? And. I, I do think that's true. And I think it's important yeah. that we like honor that exactly what everybody said was going to go wrong went wrong. But I also do think in this part, I'm being serious and not just playing devil's advocate. I do. I hope that it is a useful learning experience for these people. Because when we all say go organize something and it sounds like we're saying it out of spite, it's because of shit like this. It's because we know shit like this will happen and it will be humbling and they might, might be able to come back and be more useful to the movement after being humiliated. Kennedy, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to cut you off completely, though, because this is not going to happen. Because this is the fundamental issue with a lot of these people organizing this. And the fundamental issue with why this has gone wrong and why the response went wrong is because these people at the top of this MPP pyramid scheme, which is what it basically seems to be, and I'd love to be proven wrong. Give me a great third party, please, for the love of God. But I don't see it at all. Instead, what I see is a bunch of fucking grifters that I'm sick of seeing so much of and uh, doing nothing. And uh, the fundamental issue here is that they won't listen to other organizers. And I'll even say other organizers to give them the credit. Y'all can call yourselves organizers now. You tried to organize a thing. That counts. Uh, trying to organize a thing and failing counts, believe me. <laughs> so so call yourselves organizers. But you got to listen to other organizers. You got to work with other organizers. You're continued insistence that you can't listen to anyone at any org that you disagree with even 10% is never going to work out and you're only doing this because you're grifters. The people that push that line the hardest are grifters and then the ones beneath them resell the line because they don't know better. Uh, and then people like Jimmy Dore make money off of it. And Jimmy Dore is a fascist platformer. So here we go. How many times has Jimmy Dore platformed fascists? Because here it is again. It's indirect this time, but it's still the same shit coming down the same pipe. Uh, 
Um, and it's still the same people profiting off of it. So let's be clear about that as well. And people are going to say, you're a leftist that wants to make money too. Yeah, I am, but I'm transparent about how I make my money, what I believe, and all of those things about it. Jimmy Dore doesn't tell you fucking how much his house is worth and things like that. He, he you know, he's, again, profiting massively, and other people too. Plenty of these grifters profiting massively off of these concepts of organizing while refusing to listen to any other organizers. And that's why this isn't going to get fixed this time, in my opinion, because we don't see it getting fixed in their response right now, because their response should be to eat crow and say, we're going to listen to some of these people. Now, are there bad faith people in DSA leadership who get on Twitter and say shitty things? Hell of course yeah. there are. We Her talk about them Rachel all Khan. the time. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Hey, if if you sign up to do a, a fucking national whatever or something with chapters and one of the people ends up being fucking fash, guess what? You get to eat shit for a week and you should happily eat shit for a week. You should be like, damn, we fuck that. Like, there shouldn't have to yeah. be a fucking back and forth. Imagine if we, we have guests on our show who do fucked up stuff and we're like, wow, this was fucked up. We've got to go back and yeah. make a note about how this is fucked up and we don't. And that is not as bad as this, which is you are sending real marginalized people who are in desperate situations to people who you don't fucking know. That's really fucked up and dangerous, dude. And you can yeah. say whatever you want, but like if some trans kid goes to a rally and the fucking turf is in charge of it, you can't tell that kid, well, we all want Medicare. Like you've got to do fucking cultural shit first before you do your universalist, let's all get together i feel safe and secure bullshit well and i think we see that a lot with a lot of grifter class organizations as such like again and again and again these are led by white dudes generally or white women sometimes they're white women but it's always you know wealthy white people and like a cadre of deeply cynical people of color who are down to jump on board because there's money in it and mm -hmm. and then the system sort of gets built up around this expectation of white male comfort. You know what I mean? And it's it's not even that they're doing it intentionally, it's that they're completely blind to everybody else's experience. Uh, and the people who should be challenging them either get ousted for challenging them, you know, or become part of the grift and become sort of accomplices to it, even if they themselves are not white dudes. I just don't understand why your response to this wouldn't just be, hey, we fucked up. Yeah. We're so sorry. We're going to we're going to look over our vetting process. And to be fair, like eventually some of that kind of talk came out. But before that, there was all of this weird shit. And are there wreckers out there trying to bad faith, you know, destroy it from the other side? Of course, there are people that want to that there are people that want to wreck any movement for Medicare for all. Of course, of course, I'm not trying to deny that those people exist, but that doesn't give you the right. That doesn't give you the right to ignore all criticism and and not just eat shit when you fuck up this bad. Just say sorry and move on. Oh, but I don't think these people have that kind of meta-awareness of their own impact. Like, I don't think that they have that sort of abstract understanding of, like, political place, you know, or of, like, political power, even. I don't think any of them really understand how the systems work, right? And that's what makes them sort of grifty, is they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know how this works. And it's super obvious to anybody who actually organizes that these people have no fucking idea what they're doing or talking about. But to them, they literally think this is how it's done. It's like a kindergartner's understanding of political process, and then they're just running with it but they insist because there's a few trolls and wreckers out there they can't work with anybody else right and that's that's again this is 
This is never going to work. It's yeah. never going to work out, folks. And the trolling and wrecking, of course, was coming from inside the house. I mean, as proven by their own event being run by a Nazi. And I, you know, like I said, I hope this is a humbling experience for them. I hope they learn at least yeah. a lesson about this. You know, it, it is understandable. This is an actual sympathy for the devil situation for me in this one capacity. It's understandable to find, you know, with horror that you've worked with somebody who actually sucks. Uh, what determines, like, your culpability in that person sucking is what you do afterwards. You know, do you course correct or not? And if you don't, then you become part of the problem. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. And look, first of all, people take this as us telling them not to do the march. And like, definitely do the march. Just maybe do it with other people. Maybe like, Talk to a single organization in your area that already exists instead of completely starting a new one from scratch. See what you can do with the other organizations that already exist. And maybe reach out to some orgs that you feel like are too leftist for you personally. Or maybe reach out to some orgs that you feel like are too lib for you personally, but would support this. Like, that's... the All these people that are at the top of this fucking pyramid scheme, they all say they're about left unity, and they are the least unifying bunch that we have. They're not about left unity, they're about left conformity. And there's a difference. Exactly. They want everybody to be under them, basically. Yes. Well... I think it's fine to hold the march, hold as many marches as you want, but don't scale above your ability to actually do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's fine for a march to be in five cities that are run by people that are trustworthy. If, like, I guess this is just part of the organizing philosophy. If you really think that it's, well, it's just 70, it's 70% of people and there's 60,000 people a year and the entire country is demanding this. But just from my own perspective, there's a difference between that passive support and the political mechanisms that you need to actually turn that support into actual political result and it was always an uphill climb even if you had a president that wanted that as a policy now yeah. you've got a president that don't which makes it even fucking harder it's fine for us to talk about this issue I have nothing against anybody running a march and i know you guys have talked about it being kind of knitted off it's pretty decentralized you know we could start a medicare for all march if we wanted to um I, just no real point in doing two in one city and there's one in atlanta already like there are some where there's a couple of democratic candidates that are like hosting one there's a dsa chapter in one of the carolinas that's hosting one there's you know it's but it's part of the problem is there's literally that's how it's set up you know so you if you want to go yeah. to one of these things just to see what the vibe is is your passion about the issue go and look up who the local person that's running your marches through the website and through the marches tab because it might be harder to find it might be difficult to find contact information otherwise uh i know because i tried and um that's a whole nother story uh it was you know run by the atlanta hub of movement for a people's party which mm -hmm. rachel you'd say in a new we're all just saying in a neutral presence like doesn't have presence in atlanta yeah i've never heard anybody say anything about them doing anything but apparently it's a guy at least there's at least one guy and he does he's done a couple of events in town so i don't know anything about the deal there and when i tried to look it up there wasn't a web or facebook presence um there's a georgia movement for people's party that's run by a politician in california and posts this kind like you know what's right. happening here so 
Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to denounce everybody that's doing the march. I will just say it's been sloppily run. They need to take inventory and accountability for it and not have all these conspiracy theories about how everybody who doesn't like them on Twitter is a fed. I know. It's so stupid that like you said we're going to people are going to listen to this and be like you're anti the march and we're like we're literally telling you to do it. We're just telling you to organize a little more. Be like, oh, they hate Medicare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, just, just like talk to a person who's done something like this before, before you organize one. Or scale up, you know, like a lot of the organizing that I've done in my life, we didn't just try to do huge protests overnight. Yeah. You do a few protests at a time and you scale it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was young doing anti-war stuff, you know, we started just in our small towns and then we would go like try to organize with people to do protests in the big cities with like other like groups of like high schoolers and middle schoolers that, you know, wanted to protest the war and things like that. And like we didn't just have a million people all at once. We also didn't have the benefit of the Internet back then. And the Internet does make it easier, but it's not a replacement for doing the actual work. You know, BLM protests took years to get huge Mm -hmm. this expectation that you can just pull a massive every city every state tons of people protest completely out of thin air um without working with any other orgs or organizers that's the issue here it's not having the marches it is this idea that you can make something like that happen with no effort when what you're talking about is the kind of stuff that people dedicate their lives to to make happen yeah well i mean i think this is very normal for people who are like recently woke. And I do think that it might be worth it to note that a lot of the people involved with Force the Vote campaign and the marches for Medicare for All are newly radicalized. A lot of them have been radicalized in the last couple of years. And I'm thinking, you know, for me, I got properly radicalized like 10 years ago. And I was fucking insufferable for the first couple of years. So I I wonder to what extent it's just that to them it's this new thing and, you know, we're all kind of jaded at this point. We've done this long enough to know that it'll take a lifetime to push a single issue to fruition. Uh, And that's only if the one person is willing to stand behind it and just keep pushing for the first, like, five or six years of it. And that's, like, if you're lucky and then it still takes 50 years to happen. Because that's the way our government works. It is designed for top down, not bottom up. And I think we understand that because we've been trying to engage with it and change with it for, you know, more than a couple of years or months. But I wonder to what extent these people, you know, they're just sort of caught up in the fervor of a new conversion, you know, or still caught up in the anger of their apostasy. I don't know. Listen, I don't like because one of the things about like trying to speculate about that kind of stuff is someone will say, well, I don't fit this model at all. And then someone will use that anecdote to just to make it sound like you're just talking out of your ass. Yeah. Well, that's why I say I wonder instead of I know, you know? Yeah, of course. We don't. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a different whatever. I just less defensiveness. And it's important that like, hey, if y'all are going to do that, it's going to take time and the act of doing it will improve you and it will make you ask stuff like this and you probably won't fuck up in the same way next time. And especially, and it's important that like for organizations, first of all, what comes out is kind of what goes in. And once you've realized that what goes out is what comes in, how you organize is what comes out of the organization. So I hope that like, they're having real good conversations about what they're doing and how they're doing it and why so that this doesn't become the focus of the work. 
it's it's yeah. it's funny that like people on twitter will say they don't want to talk but like that is the issue how we do it is the issue like look read history i don't even feel like the need to fucking explain this shit to you y'all fucking talk about the fucking panthers all the time read the history of the panthers and look at how people were treated in that movement read a book how we do this shit is important and we got years of knowledge and years of stories from people who've tried to do the same yeah. shit that we've been doing and ran into reproducing all of the shit that we're talking like none of this shit that we're doing now is new right and it's so it's at i might we might even cut this because i don't like chiding other people to read a fucking book but like read a no, fucking we gotta book. keep this we gotta keep no, this it's, this time this is like the, read a this book. Is the you know people debate all the time in bad faith about theory versus praxis and like the truth is every single person on this podcast thinks the answer is you should do both you know every single one of us fucking reads theory we pretend we don't for the fucking joke and for feeling a little more accessible to people and because we want to talk about these things in ways people understand which means you can't flex your theory muscles because that shit's incomprehensible until you've read like 30 books but yeah like somebody needs to be reading the books if you are doing some kind of organ like this and you have nobody on your team who's reading the books that's a problem no you don't have to read you don't have to read a book you can listen to a podcast sure, sure. about this that's watch fair. a youtube video about how fucking women were treated during the civil rights movement right absolutely people okay let me correct myself you're correct people don't need to specifically read a book but they need to be studying yeah. the theory somehow or they could choose to actually sit down and listen to an organizing elder in yeah. the community respectfully and just take their stories at face value without applying your modern lens of what leftism should be to them and try to learn from that. And by elder, we don't mean like like it can be some civil rights movement, but like talk to somebody who is at Occupy. Yeah. Like just like literally just talk to anybody that, you know, has experience in what you want to do. Because most of the shit we're dealing with, somebody yeah. has faced before and they have tips, you know? And when a bunch of organizers are telling you the thing you're doing is a bad idea, don't assume that every other organizer is a fucking fed. Assume you're doing something wrong, you know? Like, assume that you do not come into this naively understanding everything you will ever need to know about organizing just by virtue of being a person who's good at making friends. Because that's not what this work is. We are just completely, like, we're either preaching to the choir or preaching to people who won't listen. Either way, you know, everybody's, everybody's probably locked in on their stance on this issue. I don't know. I, I hope, and this is a sincere hope that I have, I hope that we will be able to catch a couple of people who might have been on the verge, who might have been feeling like they were eating crow, and who happened to hear this and realize, like, yeah, okay, you're right. Because the truth is, even if we only peel off, like, ten people from this, like, cascading failure failure of organization, those 10 people might be able to go back to it and change things for the better. I don't know. I, I think it's always worth it to try. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up and get out of here. What do you think? Let's get, yeah, let's I get out of here. I think we've uh, talked a lot about a good things. Yeah. Um, we yeah. never needed guests. We don't need guests. No, <laughs> we're just, we're just great ourselves. We're funny and we're knowledgeable. Yeah, we know everything. It's great to have here. the whole. It's great to have the whole crew here for an episode. Yeah. I'm Kennedy. We got Rachel here. We got April. We got Brandon. Everybody's in the house. The OG three. The OG three. Yeah. All four of the OG three are uh -huh. here. We are yeah. not safe for wonks. We are the only podcast that will be left under communism. That's right. Can we plug <laughs> our Discord and our Patreon? Like, let people join all of our stuff. Yep, twitter.com slash nsfwonks, patreon.com slash notsafe, notsafemedia.com. Go support us. This is independent media. Right. Yeah. I say it all the time. I'm not going to give a longer spiel this week.
All right. <laughs> Let's get out of Let's get out of here. Bye bye everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> bye.